I've got the lovely bunch of coconuts. Diddle dee dee. There they are, standing in a row. Bum, bum, bum. Small ones, big it's ones. Big ones but small ones. It's big. Excuse me? Excuse me. No. No. Don't do this. No. Don't do this, I beg of you. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nonsensical Brilliance, the podcast. Are you just not going to say anything? I'm you're not going to follow up? I'm letting you go with what you're doing there. That sounded very radio-esque. I'm letting you continue. Go oh, ahead. Well, thank you. All right. So, uh, I'm going to be playing some smooth tunes for you guys. Ah! I'm sorry. Are you okay? I forgot to tell you I have a French goose now that lives with me. Oh, really? Yeah. See, you, you always have the most animals of any person that I know. Yeah, his name's Corey. Corey? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting name. Like you didn't think to give him like a French name, make him at least. He has a little asterisk thing above his O. <laughs> An asterisk. What is it? A little flick. Accent. Yeah. They don't thing. go on O's though, do they? Cor- I should know. I took like Corey's six years of does. French. So is it like Cory? Yeah, yeah. Cory. <laughs> yeah. I am Cory's French goose. Ah. <laughs> That's what he, that's he's a, he's quite loud spoken, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he only speaks every so often when he does. Boy, do you hear it? Oh yeah, yeah. This is a fairly small recording. I'm really studio. sorry that he interrupted your radio thing. Do you want to try again? I'm afraid. I'm yeah. afraid that he's going to just do the same thing over and over yeah, again. He, yeah, it's very rare when he. You never know when he might do it again. All right. Well, let me get back to my whole spiel. Sure. So here on uh, Nonsensical Brilliance, the podcast, the radio station show. Uh, we're going to be playing the smoothest tunes for your ah! listening pleasure. I think he doesn't like your radio idea. Listen, I'm trying to put on a clean show here. I'm 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 just doing my best. I'm doing what I can. And your goose... Hey, can I ask you a question? Is... What, what is it? What are we listening to? I haven't decided yet. Huh. Maybe if you let me do my whole thing and let me DJ... I'm, I mean, I'm letting you do whatever. It's Corey. Yeah, but Cor- you're responsible for Corey since he's your he's your goose. French goose. Whatever. The nationality doesn't matter. I don't see race. I, was, he's an, he's I mean, a, I see race and I respect race, but dark, it doesn't make... You're going down a dark, slippery road. <laughs> I think we need to continue on the normal path of saying what their people are listening to. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess it's my turn to introduce. So, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hi. Um, if you were excited for a new twist... You haven't said the name of the podcast yet. I did say it multiple did times, you? but I was interrupted. Uh, <laughs> I ju- did you even say who we are? I was trying <laughs> to get to that. Oh. This is your fault. God, I've clipped so hard. <laughs> uh, sorry, everybody. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it has been a while, uh, but we're back. Me, specifically, <laughs> being... This is the best intro Sheriff. ever. <laughs> 
Just nonsensical brilliance. The podcast. Uh-huh. I've said that already. <laughs> you did a radio thing. I didn't know if it really counted. I'm going to shoot you in the face <laughs> with my feelings. What a beginning to this episode. I'm sure this is what everybody's been missing. Yes, this is our grand return after, I don't know, a, a two-week hiatus. Yeah, we've been on a little break. Uh, but during these two weeks, we have been busy. We, Very busy. We've been busy with creating content for you guys, the yep. Todds. Um, and in this case... Wait, I never introduced you. Um, <laughs> you never introduced yourself either. I did. I said my name is Sheriff, but you were talking over me. I'm sorry. My name is Sheriff. I'm the host. And you, yes. Marcus, uh-huh. are my co-host with the Mo-host. But I don't know. Today, it doesn't seem like you deserve to be the Mo-host, huh? First, you got your goose here, and now you're just undermining me. What? Is this the end of everything that we've built? What? Just because you got a goose? You got to cook that goose? Oh, somebody's goose is getting cooked. It's not mine. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that goose is gonna be cooked. There's gonna be some yeah. French cuisine up in this house. Yeah, that's nice. What is going on? <laughs> I'm Should so I confused. Should I tell them what we've been doing, or do you want to? Do we just want to hop into it? Let's just let's just jump into it. I guess we have you know been known to stretch things in the past. We might as well get right to no. the business. No, yeah, It'll we always get right things. into the business. All right, so. Over the past two weeks, we have been watching these, the, what is it, Raimi movies, you call them? Who's the, who's the, Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi is the director of the three Spider-Man movies that took place in the early 2000s, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and James Franco. Yeah, and I've always heard that these movies are not great. Now, this is, this is relevant because I, the only... Spider-Man movies I've seen were the recent ones that have been quite good. Tom Holland and Spider-Verse. Yes. So we brought this up in our last episode. I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Because we tried to tell everyone that they should do this too. We have yet to watch the Andrew Garfield ones or re-watch Tom Holland's version. Yeah, but we had so much to say about the Sam Raimi movies that we figured... We should go ahead and do an episode an just episode. on that one. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So as you remember, what we discussed is that we we're going to create, do our best to have three things we liked, three things we didn't like. If you went a little under, a little over, it's not that big of a deal because one of them has a lot to dislike and very little to like, and they're the same movie. Um, so yeah, this one is about Sam, the Sam Raimi movies. Um, and we're not going to, if you haven't seen these movies, I would recommend you don't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. and I, Or if you just don't care, then you can listen. But keep in mind, I'm not recommending that you do watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're so fun, even though they're bad. If you if you go in them with the intention that you're not watching a contemporarily good movie, then yeah, they can be a fun watch. But with me, I was kind of expecting, you know, a Spider-Man movie. You're just used to the good Marvel films. Yeah, yeah. I really started watching superhero movies around when Iron Man came out and kind of set the stage for what mm. Marvel is today yes. and the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, does, does the Spider-Man, these Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies still count as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Uh, they don't? No. They're, they're from Sony? Sony, yeah. Hmm. Tom Holland's Spider-Man is a part of that because they made a deal. Sony and Marvel and Disney. Um it's important to know that these movies were before Iron Man. Yeah. In 2008. These ones are 2001 to... And four? Four, I think. I don't know. Let's I don't go care with that enough. for now. I'm I not going yeah, to look it up. But anyway, so these are kind of the early Spider-Man movies, or early uh, superhero films. 
So, to be fair, these are better than what we could have expected out of movies. And to me, I see these as a a jumping jumping off point for superhero movies as a whole. That these kind of probably laid way for other movies to go, hey, let's not do this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, I think what it did is... It it, got people interested in superhero movies. It it made enough of a splash to get it into people's mind and kind of wish for a really good superhero movie... In my opinion, that's the way I saw it. If sure. I had been if I had been seeing this and like was a big fan of Spider Man or superheroes in general, and I saw this movie, I would definitely be like, you know, that was cool. I guess I like seeing the hero on the silver screen. Yeah, but I don't really like how it was sure. implemented. I'd recommend for anybody if you're interested in watching anything Spider Man related, I would watch the 1990s version of the TV show. I think even for a 90s version, it's pretty fun. Um, I would recommend watching the Tom Holland one, uh, which was the first one was Homecoming, and this new one that we're gonna go see later today uh, is Far From Home. Uh, I've heard it's good, and then also watch, obviously Spider Verse. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't say you shouldn't watch these ones. We're gonna do another episode later where we're gonna talk about the Andrew Garfield ones and probably the Tom Holland ones. I think we're gonna leave Spider Verse out just because it's kind of on its own level. Because what they're able to do in Spider-Verse, because it's a cartoon, is so much better than any of these other Spider-Man movies could do, because they're live action. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's unfair to put that one in there, because it's, like, so good, because they're able to do so much of good things. But even outside of that, I mean, the writing is completely on a different scale. True, the writing, writing especially when you compare it to the Sam Raimi ones. It's just a good story. (laughs) So, back to what we're about to start talking about these. So, my recommendation for you, if you really want to know what... to have seen these before you hear all this stuff, watch it and then listen. Because this is a spoiler-filled episode. Just, oh, yeah. This episode is just a spoiler. Yeah. We're literally reviewing the entire movie. We're not. We're reviewing all three movies. We're not going to be like going into too much detail. We're just going to discuss particular things we liked and disliked. So, you know, there's just... There, it's just going to be a dialogue. So, prepared for that. It, you Hopefully, you'll find this fun because we had fun watching these. At least I did. Well... <laughs> yeah, I had fun watching. So, let's kick it off. Unfortunately, they were unable to kick it off. Due to a scheduling conflict, they had to take a break. When you say scheduling conflict, do you mean that they planned two things at once? Recording the podcast and going to see a movie at the same time? Yes. But keep in mind, this was to create more content for the podcast that you all know and love. Are you thinking that, bro? Yes. You kind of sound like you're talking to like about a kangaroo or something. Say something about a kangaroo. The kangaroo is also bad at scheduling. Really? It often misses mating season and has to spend the season alone. Like me. That, do you think people are going to get tired of us having to do PSAs? If they continue on like this, who knows? Probably not. I think it's like Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. <laughs> I'm gonna drink my own. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you think we should get off the PSA now? Yeah, I think we might be overstaying our welcome. We had to go take a break. This is good. We're, we're gonna be back, but we're gonna have seen a movie. Bye. Boy, did we do more than just see a movie? <laughs> oh wait, there's a connotation. There's a sound. Oh, it's man. not. It's not what you think. So um, today is the fifteenth. It's been a while. We started recording on the 8th. (laughs) (laughs) Saw the movie. A solid week. It was too late to continue recording. So we're like, hey, let's do it over the weekend. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. 
Then I kept pushing it back. Friday and Sunday, we were planning to do it. Then I pushed it back. Why to don't today. you explain why you pushed it back? The things that you did. Please explain, good sir. Well, to be fair, most of Friday, my bowels were really messed up because I had hot chicken sauce. Not Okay, explain how hot the chicken is. It was, it was the hottest kind at Wild Wing Cafe called Braveheart. I ate six of them in a row, and it really messed me up. Waves of pain in my stomach and bowel issues all Friday until like late in the evening before it finally went away. And then Sunday we were going to do it because I was busy Saturday. Sunday I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to explain it. I just, I wasn't feeling it. And, I was uh, feeling it. Yeah. I was ready to, I was raring to go. And I'm like, hey man, where are we going hey, to court today? Hey man, we're going to court today. Go fish podcast. Go. Yeah. We got Todd's out there waiting for, waiting for yeah, the we've quality been gone, content. We've been gone for a while even before we start recording. Yeah. Yeah. And then the commercial's like, no, no. Yeah, my bad. I'm going to let all of them down. Hey man, we're ready. It's Monday, we're back. We back. We back. And we're going to post it on the 16th, probably. Our bowels are fine. My bowel is fine. Mostly. So let's let's kick it off. Let's jump into it like we said we were going to <laughs> A week ago. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, the first movie we're going to talk about. We have our notes. We're getting ready back into this. Um, right off the bat, I think we should give it... Let's go ahead and... Well, no, we'll save this for last. We'll say what we're going to rate it out of 10. We'll save that for the very end, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said before, just to reiterate, just in case we didn't... Um, we're just going to talk about the things we liked and didn't like. We're not going to delve too deep into the movie because there's really no point. That would take too long. So the basics of Spider-Man, the basic uh, story plot is that Tobey Maguire is Peter Parker. He is uh, a teenager in, in high school, I guess, technically, even though he looks like he's 30. And he gets these powers from a field trip uh, where he gets bit by a spider that's radioactive, I guess, or scientifically genetic it's a science spider science spider and later on he runs into his arch nemesis the green goblin uh who then tries to destroy him and everybody for chaos um <clears throat> and uh just a quick aside yes. we already put a notice for this but just in case you haven't seen a movie from yes. 15 years ago or whatever it is then now, you should watch it before you should watch it before continuing on because there are obviously spoilers um so the basic, so for me, I want to start about with the first thing I really liked about this movie. I actually liked the origin story aspect of it, especially since I've seen the other ones. They do a really good job in this of doing an origin story. Now you also have to remember this is one of the very first movies that they've done of superheroes because 2008 was when Iron Man came out and really set up the MCU. This is a movie that came out in 2001, 2002, and it was a movie that. They had tried some superhero movies before and really didn't pan out. This was the one that was the first successful one. Um, and so for them to have taken pretty heavily, there's a lot of good stuff that they did in this movie that that was really based off the origin story from the, from the comics, which is he is a weird individual who's kind of an outcast. In the comics, he's supposed to be really smart. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, and he is just a kid from New York who gets these powers. A kid from Queens. And when I specifically talk about the origin story was they kind of made it work to how he became Spider-Man, which is he goes on a field trip, uh, this, this, this place that's working with spiders in particular, and he gets bit by a spider. It kind of worked out. He was a big into photography. They show that heavily in this movie, that he's big into photography. Um, they kind of show with the him wrestling that was something that they did. He did in the comics and got gypped by 
um, the guy who was running the, the wrestling ring and he let the robber go. That was something that happened in the comics. And then that robber, spoiler alert again, goes on to kill Uncle Ben and Peter feels responsible for that because he didn't stop a bad guy who then wound up killing his uncle. Yeah. So origin story wise, they do a very good job. Another part of the origin story that they did very, very good on story wise in general included the Green Goblin. Again, spoiler, and how he even died uh, was very reminiscent of what they did in the comics. So, overall, one of the really good things I liked about this for a for kind of an early superhero movie, they did a very good job of the origin story, better than what you could have asked for. Now that we've seen some better movies, you you could argue it's not as good, but for the time, for being one of the first superhero movies, it was a really good origin story that really reflected well in the comic. Yeah, and people have to understand that around this time we didn't have this huge. Marvel Cinematic Universe right. and like from a I guess producer slash business point of view people were kind of gambling on this really taking off yeah and for you know them to stay so I guess close to the, the source material is actually really nice of them to do instead of just going for mass appeal and sure they did some different things that don't line up with the origin story but that it they did still wind up doing a lot more than what they probably thought about doing you again know? it's like a, it's a pioneer type it's a pioneering sure. sort of movie so that's one good thing for me what's one good thing for me from this movie uh for me um i'm gonna preface the things that i'm gonna say about all of these movies sure. uh by saying that i'm kind of the perspective of a dude who likes superhero movies uh-huh. but is kind of a novice at the whole comic book you know in general like the whole sure. comic book universe i have not read many comic books you've been more into the, the film aspect yeah. of which is understandable that's a lot of people and i'm not one of those and hopefully no one everyone should understand not everybody's going to be able to get into comics some might or they might just take to it a bit slower than others there's no shame in that i think if you love the movies hey love the movies because they're good they do a good job yeah i'm just mainly i just want to say that i didn't like grow up reading the comics and i don't have a super huge knowledge of, uh, I guess, the source material in general. But just as a guy who appreciates fun movies, you know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of the first things I wrote down um, was about Willem Dafoe playing Norman Osborn, and I thought he played it Spoiler, really that's my, well. that's my second one for me. Um, but I'll let, you, I'll let you say what you have about it first, and I'll jump in. I just feel like he portrays both sides of the coin really well. Yes, he um, does. When he's playing Norman Osborn, just a regular dude. I mean, Business he plays guy, like, a, a, like a slightly aloof. You know, he, he he plays it really well in the form that he plays the normal dude well, and he can also feel like he's hiding something. He's hiding that ambition that sure. that you know, do anything, you know, cut your throat to get ahead, sort of guy. But he also um, does kind of show that he he cares about his son, but also you can tell that he's like disappointed in, in a very well. roundabout way. He's very roundabout. Yeah, he. Uh, to talk about the Green Goblin in particular, there was a serum for a super soldier that uh, needed to go back to te- the base one testings because it showed too much aggression. And uh, so he, instead back to formula, that's how they phrased it. Well, anyway, he decided instead of going back to formula, he would test on an actual person himself, giving him this aggression, this hallucinating, this... Uh, ego alter ego that that was the green goblin which is this uh kind of takes that cutthroat of him as a businessman Mm -hmm. and takes it to a whole new level of an aggressive uh uh, jekyll and hyde kind of thing and uh he plays it really well like you said like he 
even the points where he, when you watch the movie, there's times where he doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't understand, mm-hmm. and it kind of scares him, and you can see that. Yeah, I, I really felt that fear coming from. He kind of goes back and forth between that, not knowing, and then almost like Gollum and Schmeagel, you know, where they're kind of talking to each other, and he, like one of them, is trying to convince the other one that I'm, I'm better for you than you realize, almost, and uh, it's, it's really cool to see his range. He's one of those guys who I think he could play. He can play a good guy. Obviously, I, I really do. But he's one of those guys that does really well with a villain. I agree with you completely. He's, he's just, I hate he's to say typecasting, but he does fit that villain aesthetic sure. really well. My only knock to the character um, would be that in the comics, Norman Osborn has a almost latex mask with a green kind of like elf-like hat almost but for a goblin and uh they did a green suit that was like a mechanized suit that kind of resembled a goblin face and kind of a point to it like the hat would which to be fair and we'll talk about this when we get to the amazing spider-man movies and so further on with these movies even um with the sam raimi versions uh this is the best version that they've done of the green goblin However, I still would have liked them to have made him more almost Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde-ish. Like maybe they could have done a serum that made him physically change into another person looking thing. Uh, make him green and scaled and he wears like whatever he wears. Maybe that's too much. I, I'm sure it was too much for the time. I feel like, you know, the, the whole CGI budget would have been blown on that. Sure. And, you know, but the if CGI they were ever to do fine. it again, you know. Like that's another thing I'm kind of torn about because for... A movie coming out around the, in the, in the early two thousands, it was it was it was you know fine for sure. the time, but it the CGI really didn't really age well. No, um, it didn't age well at all. Some scenes in particular, you can really tell a bit feel a bit rubbery as the movies go on. But it's de- I can't imagine them adding even more CGI to that. Yeah, and like I said, you know, looking back on it, I think that was just the best they could do, and hopefully down the road they'll do more with it and make it a little bit better. But yeah, they, I do like the suit for what it is. I just kind of, as the comic book fan in me, would have loved to have seen something more like what we had seen in the comics. Yeah, like but I understand why we could Magenta couldn't. and green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think is such a great color and good scheme. The glider was fantastic. I love the look of the glider. I really, yeah, I did like the glider. It look, it's really, really good. It was really and, and cool. gadgets and everything. Um, I think they modernized really it really well. They brought it out of the technical world into the real world. Yeah. And they, 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 the transition was nice. Um. Then uh, the third thing I liked, because we've already gone over my first two, and this one might be one of yours as well, J. Jonah Jameson is my third. Oh, yeah. He is fantastic in this movie. Um, I can't even think of the actor's name right off the top of my head, which is going to kill me. Let me try to Google it really fast. Uh, It is played by J.K. Simmons. He's so fantastic. He, He fits that character so well. Um, it feels like he, he it's kind of like when you see it when you see for a comic book fan you see a side character or a main character and they just pop off the screen because they fit exactly what you're used to reading about yeah and he does that i know that because sometimes when i'm reading something and starts start, you know stuff starts to pop off the screen i generally call my doctor because yeah because uh, something's ta- wrong I've with definitely you. taking too much of whatever yes. medication i should be on well like for example an, a good example is uh, tony stark the way Tony Stark's uh, personality is was not how he was originally in the comics. Because of how they played him in the movies, they changed his character to fit more to this style. 
he wasn't like that before. Yeah. He wasn't arrogant and he wasn't like that kind of yeah. person. J.K. Simmons, like... He fits you know, the character from the the way the pages were. You know when you think of an actor and you, you see them as, for example, uh, you know, RDJ and how you think of him as Iron Man. Right. I, I think the same way about J.K. Simmons here. Like, he is J. Jonah. He is. You know? He is Jay. I, he's just he fits he just the perfect. Is, yeah, and like how you know, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter, right? Well, to me, way. like he, what makes him so great about this movie, have, and that's why I put him as my third favorite thing, is because he is so funny. Any scene he is in in this movie, you just laugh. It's it's just it's good. It, even like because we'll get into this when it, later on, but even with the dialogue not being the greatest at times, his always seems to fit perfectly. And he 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 acts the heck out of it, you know. Yeah, that's he does purely such a great... just down to the talent of the actor. And he, so, it, yeah. it makes it makes his scenes so enjoyable. So that's my third favorite thing. So what's your second and third? Because my second favorite thing. Both second first. I I'm gonna be honest. I <laughs> I either forgot to write down my third one or I just didn't have one. That's fine. I mean, um, you can make jo- Jay Jonah your third. I'll make Jay Jonah my third thing. But my second one is um, Peter's development as a hero is uh, believable and relatable you know sure like as as he becomes acquainted with his powers it's not like in some superhero movies where like they are suddenly oh i've just gained the power of flight now i'm a super i'm a superhero in, in five seconds immediately yeah I, i've had this instinct within me for years but it's just been awoken right now nah, like he had to experiment with his powers and you got yep. to see some of that and he wasn't instantly amazing like for instance when he, he knows he has webbing webbing power somehow but he doesn't know how he did it so he goes up on the roof trying to figure it out and he just does all these different hand motions yeah. until he can <laughs> finally figure out what was it that triggered it and yeah you're right like him climbing up the wall even like or jumping off roofs he's like testing what he's able to do and doesn't fully understand it but he's just te- like you said testing it yeah. out and he then tests his strength with the wrestling like yeah. finding out how how well can he do against and, another and on person? the note of the wrestling after that he did he, that um his his uncle being killed at yeah. that point also plays into his development as a hero because he's like sure well listen well, I, like, he, I could stop something like this with this power that i have and then of course his uncle says to him like with great power comes great responsibility right, that, and all that scene stuff. right there is perfect because like, you're talking about being it being relatable mm-hmm. you think about that being a what's supposed to be a teenager yeah who is angsty and kind of like i have great power that i'd I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. And you see that in the way that he talks to Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. When, like, he says, he goes, look, I'm not trying to be your father. And he goes, well, stop acting like it. That's the very teenage. That's a very teenage right. thing to say. And so, you're right. You see that even change in him, the way that he feels so guilty about what happened, that develops him into the hero that he becomes. And, and I think, even, I think it even right. plays its hand some, into some of the pitfalls he falls into as yeah, a hero as absolutely. well. Yeah, absolutely. So then J. Jonah Jameson will be your third. So that's the three things for us since yeah. you forgot or possibly didn't write one down. Now let's talk about the things we didn't like. I'll start. This one was much easier for Very me. Very easy. <laughs> much, much easier for me to uh, I don't like that there's no web shooters. In the comics, Peter Parker doesn't have the ability to shoot webs from his body. It, he, he uses his intelligence to create what's called web shooters. And that's why when you see him press his two fi- middle fingers down onto his palm, he's hitting a button that shoots the webs out of his, his wrists. Yeah, I, in, I agree with you there. In this movie, instead of, you know, oh, I don't know, maybe showing how intelligent Peter is supposed to be by making them during the whole experimental phase, 
you instead see apparently it's a part of him in his appendages. And I'm not a big fan of that. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just like they didn't feel like it was worth showing him even doing that. I'm not really sure why. You know what I think? I think maybe people in general, because this was like the first big Spider-Man movie, people just, they expected Spider-Man to be able to, to just shoot him out of his wrist. Yeah. That's a superhero thing to do. But it, like... People are thinking of like Spider-Man as like, ah, I could just swing, I can spin a web anytime, yeah. do anything I want to do. And I guess, again, this also plays into a gripe that I have that I want to say after this, um, is that in general, there is no little to no emphasis put on Peter's intelligence at all whatsoever. Right. Like, like as you mentioned that, that reminds me of that. To be a, he's supposed to be a genius. Yeah, a and genius. He, like and a, they and, don't really show that. Like he'll He mentions like the... He mentions that microscope in the lab is like the biggest on the eastern seaboard, and like, and that's just a fact. That's trivia. Yeah, it doesn't show he, that he's smart. Yeah, it just shows that he's a nerd. Yeah, he is a nerd, a big old nerd. Sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can went way, way deep into that. I got to beat up some big nerds over here. Seems like you have some like undealt with issues. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like for example, when Norman Osborn is coming and he's saying like, "Oh, you won s- uh, second place in the science fair." Oh, and like it, they, he just stops. Yeah, it's like you're a smart boy. That's it. They also have the scene where he he didn't even explain what his he, experiment was. He talks about like his uh, he meets Norman Osborn for the first time, and he says, Norman says something about his science or whatever it is. He names whatever it is. I'm a bit of a scientist well, myself. Well, <laughs> he says something, and then uh, Peter goes, "Oh yeah, I actually read that. I had to do a paper on it." Yeah, and he goes, "You read it? Yeah, and you understood it? I did. Oh." That's impressive. Yes, I believe a, you completely. I'm a bit of a scientist myself. <laughs> and it's just like, he just said he read your pa- your paper and understood. You're going to just automatically assume, oh, yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he could have gotten a D on the paper. You, you could have know. asked a question that would have been like, okay, if he read this and understood it, he would know the answer to this. So what do you think about my conclusion on theoretical space? Like, whatever. And, and, but no, they didn't do that. And then Peter could go on like a long tangent, but it's like, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, sir. I didn't mean to go there. No, I was impressed. Yeah. Good for it, you. It's just, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then speaking of dialogue, it goes into another gripe of mine, is that a lot of the dialogue between people can be so awkward, <sighs> especially when it involves Tobey Maguire. Hey, I love the guy. Like, if I had the chance to meet him, I would be very, very happy to meet him because he does seem like a genuinely nice guy. But, man, can his dialogue be awkward, especially around Mary Jane. And it's just like, <laughs> it, like, it just, you hear some of this dialogue, man. It's just like, it feels like a high schooler wrote it for yeah. a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a writing thing. I think Toby Maguire, when he was given good stuff to work with, like, I'm sure he did he well. Could. He, he did well with it. But the one of the problems I have that, again, plays complete... A lot of these are interlinked. Yes, they are. It plays off of mine. I'm kind of altering one of mine a little bit because you kind of mentioned it. Uh-huh. But um, he's too serious to play Peter Parker, I think, as a high schooler. Way too serious. Like, dramatically yeah. serious. Yeah. And uh, without... Because Peter is supposed to be kind of funny, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think or that he when funny. he does make those funny... The, when he does make the quips in this movie, mm-hmm. it just comes off as, as, as I don't forced. know... Forced. <laughs> forced and like, shoehorned in there. Yeah, like, I think one of them was like, better put her down, Gobby. Yeah, oh, that's, that's just... Really it felt funny. like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, th- I think one of the reasons that this is is because... He doesn't have an intimate, like an intimate friend that he is on screen with often to act as a Harry natural is supposed foil, to be that. But he doesn't act in no, that he doesn't. role. Not at all. One a successful example is like um, in Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home. Um, Peter has his friend 
what's his name again? Ned. Ned to to act as a foil to, as you know because yeah. he's a little bit awkward and Ned is a little bit awkward too and and they play off of each other and then you get to work you get to see a little bit more of the intimate details of their lives sure. which you don't get in this case because Harry is just a rich guy and he's who their best there. friends though yeah, they live ex- together yeah. but like really the only time you see him is when they're trying to show the love connection secretly between MJ and either Peter or Spider-Man separately. And you just feel that weird tension of Harry taking the girl he knew Peter liked. And it's just like and that that's, whole that's, dialogue. That's as complex as it gets. Like it could have been a lot more, you know, interesting than that, but it's literally just to set up the love triangle. And I guess somewhere near the end to set up the, oh, gotta kill the Spider-Man. He killed my yeah, daddy. And just, yeah. Yeah. Which again, doesn't make sense. Also, my third thing might be the same thing as you, I'm assuming, but uh, the actors are way too old. Yeah, the casting was a bit was a bit weird. So like, Peter is supposed to be in high school. He and all of them are supposed to be in high school, but they all look like they're in their late twenties, early thirties. And then his aunt is correctly uh, casted for that, to where she looks like she's maybe in her late sixties to seventies. No offense to that actress calling out her potential age but <laughs> she looks way too old to be his aunt she looks like a grandmother she needs to be younger if he's supposed to be in high school now see that's what they've done each genre like so the sam raimi ones the amazing spider-man ones and then the newer ones the the uh marvel ones i'm gonna call them marvel because yeah. they really belong to marvel in this sense even though they're still a sony product they ch- the ages like they change so like you get this one that seems too old then you go to the amazing spider-man which aunt may seems older and it, and it works but then also at the same time this peter parker looks like he's in his mid-20s he still doesn't look like he's in high school then you finally get to tom holland who does look like he's in high school and his aunt reflects that you know what i mean yeah i think they got it really we're not talking it's, about those movies now but no, I, I know think it took him a while to get they to got there, it though. right eventually but and yeah. I really like the the pair that they have with Aunt May and 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 Peter, like with Marisa Tomei and, yeah, yeah. and Tom Holland together. Yeah, I do. They I agree really with that well too. Together. And I do like the actress who plays the Aunt May in this first movie. She does kind of play this kind of like angel, like a shoulder angel that he needs. But at the same time, even her dialogue can be weird at times, and that's not on her. That's on the writing again. But yeah, it's weird. Oh, you have another thing you didn't like, or um, mine is. I guess it's kind of along the same sense because mine is more about dialogue in general. Yeah. But I felt like um, Peter is just way unnecessarily socially inept to the point where it pissed me off. Like (laughs) Very. You know how people say like, oh, he's got his foot in his mouth. Like he's got his entire lower half half in his (laughs) mouth. Like how do you say exactly the wrong thing in exactly the wrong way every single time? My favorite scene from the first movie when he's just so awkward is like he's talking to uh, to. Um, Mary Jane in the hospital with Aunt May in the bed and he's like she was like oh you, you know Spider-Man he's like yeah you know, he's actually talked about you and she goes oh what you know what did you say some, or I've talked with him about you and she goes oh well, did you say some nice things he goes yeah I was just telling about how beautiful you are and, uh, and he's like starts complimenting her in a, in a way that clearly he's trying to say I'm really into you but I was just telling that's the Spider-Man, so he knew. Which is again weird. It's just so a weird. It's such a weird scene. Um, overall, this movie, I give it a six out of ten. It's not great. It's watchable. Um, 
it's, it's watchable if you know what you're getting into. Yeah, if you're willing to understand that this movie isn't great and you're just going for it just to have fun with like a friend or a buddy to maybe jo- make some jokes about it as you watch, it's it's a fun movie still. I would still watch it. I'd yeah, still watch you, it. If you go in expecting like Marvel level quality, like well, no, homecoming, yeah. far from home quality movie, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be very disappointed. Um, but if you go in knowing what it is, it's it's watchable. So, it's yeah. fine. Definitely not a blockbuster nowadays. I gave it a six. Out of you 10. gave it a six. I gave it a five. Whoa. Um, that's just simply because I guess maybe you have a bit more background with Spider-Man. You yeah, can maybe. appreciate more things yeah. about it. But as a just a casual moviegoer, which I am, definitely was not impressed. And now we get into Spider-Man 2. Yeah, because we got to move things along. This movie had uh, Peter now um, a little bit more of an adult struggling with life. Um, now, not in a relationship with Mary Jane, as you would might think. Because at the end of the first one, Mary Jane professes her love for him, and he turns her down because of his enemies. But, of which he doesn't have at the time. No, because his enemy died in the yeah. first movie. And uh, in the second one, he still has love for her, but he can't do anything about it because of his enemies. Um, he runs into Doc Ock, who I really like. We'll talk about that in a moment. Where Doc Ock is trying to create this machine that didn't work the first time but he's trying to do it a second time and peter has to stop it um so the first thing i really liked about this movie i really liked doc ock a lot this villain is a really good villain the actor who portrayed him did a fantastic job i have to give credit where credit is due they do a really good job overall we'll wait till we get to the third one to discuss that they've done a really good job of casting the villains um so in this in this one, Doc Ock is a scientist. They do a little bit more with Peter's scientific side because he, he he's writing a paper on Doc Ock, his buddy Harry. I mean, a little bit more is a bit a little stretching bit, it. it I mean, a, but more than what we experienced before. I was still very disappointed. Well, with sure, the as you should be. On but, his intelligence. Um, but I really like Which, Doc... Which, coincidentally, is the first thing on my list of dislikes. Okay, we'll get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I like Doc Ock. I think he's great. The actor played him great. The mechanical arms that he gets is fantastic. It looks good. They have a scene where it's like a bit of a horror thing where these arms are like on their own killing all these doctors While who are trying to cut them. he's unconscious, yeah. Right, and it's just for a more, I guess, realistic version of Doc Ock or whatever you want to say, man, it just he looked the part. He played the part. He was really, really good. Um... What about you? What uh, what was one thing you liked? Now, that was also on my list of likes. Doc Ock. Doc because I liked the way his actor played it. Yeah. Specifically, the actor, uh, I really liked how he played it. Do you know his name? Oh, boy. I can look it up real quick. Yeah, you do that while I stall for time. Yes. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite things about this, this uh, villain is, what is it? It is Alfred Molina. Yeah, yeah, he he was good. I hope he he did say that he'd be willing to play. I've him, heard right? that. I've heard that he said that if they ever wanted to do another Doc Ock and they reached out to him, he'd be willing to do it. That again. That would be so awesome. Like with the with the Spider Man movies we've got going on now, that would be awesome. Yeah, him being a that. part of it would be great. Uh, but yeah, um, I really liked specifically how every, they tried to make it kind of make sense, and they feel like they made it a little bit more realistic with um, his origin as a villain here like he kind of loses everything and then that's i'd say that's enough to push somebody over the end like in a very joker-esque one bad day sort of thing right um and the way that he progresses from like wanting to work for the for the good of humanity until be and and they the the way that they corrupted him made a lot of sense too 
um, you know, of course, suspending disbelief for the weird technology. But uh, in the movie, he has this thing directly inputted into his spinal cord and, and lower brain stem. So the AI in it loses the limiter during in, in an accident in the demonstration. And then he is kind of subject to these AI that are, you know, clinically insane, basically, and uh, just go want to go on a, a, a super destruction spree. Yeah, and I really I, that kind of makes I can't find any plot holes with that. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool way to have somebody go evil who was originally working for the good of humanity. And at the beginning, he was a cool guy. I mean, he was yeah. nice to Peter. Um, he, he and his wife had a very loving relationship. And they she seemed, died, and yeah. she he and blamed Spider Man. Technically, he technically killed her, but he probably, he blamed Spider Man. Blamed the Spider Man for for <laughs> pulling the plug on his or trying to pull the plug on his machine. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, here's one for me. Uh, I actually like this. Really? The, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> issues of him being Peter and Spider-Man. You really saw in this one, he, he had moments where it was, he was having issues being two different people. Why are you stealing all my stuff? It was that one that you put too? That was the, the first thing on my list is better integration of, of the split character life. Yeah, they really did a good job of that. They showed that immediate with the pizza guy, like him trying to be a pizza delivery boy. And also having Spider-Man stuff in between. Spider-Man stole that guy's pizza. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> and then that one guy, he sets the pizza boxes down to Spider-Man to beat up a couple thugs. This guy tries to take a pizza slice. And Pe then he steals it. He steals the pizza <laughs> slice back from the dude. And then he shows up in the broom closet mm -hmm. to try to give the pizza. That actually plays directly into my next thing on the list. Are you done? Do it? Can I well, I just, mean, I just wanted to point out, I, they do a good job of like him struggling with his school mm -hmm. while trying to, at the same time, yeah. try to be spider-man like they did a good job of showing that that struggle that a hero who is young supposed to be mm -hmm. would be going through yeah high school college while trying to maintain this hero life i definitely agree with you there and that plays into my next list mm -hmm. is there's definitely more humor in this show which is kind of like it's kind of showing the primitive yeah. beginnings of the marvel universe's uh humor style of humor. Yeah, yeah even though this is sony but yeah yeah, one of my um, one of my favorite things is like the running gag of of Peter always getting handed like empty drinks or food in that one scene. Where he's like, <laughs> trying yeah. to get a drink and then it's empty, it and then he tries to get yeah, food failing. and he gets yanked away. That was pretty funny. It's just it's a small thing, but again, it's like a Marvel esque sort of joke. Yeah, and I I think that they started to work more with the humor in that, and it really fits Peter Parker's character. Yeah, I agree. Or at least what we expect this character to be. My uh, third one might also be one, the same one as you, so we'll find out. I'm pretty wow. sure it is. Wow. You cheated uh, off me. The action and the intense scenes were much better. Like the train scene where he's battling between Doc Ock. A lot of the action scenes really makes up for this movie and, makes, and really amplifies how good it is. Yeah. The battling between him and, and Doc Ock just really are really almost like, even though they're not totally choreographed because a lot of it is CGI because mm -hmm. of what you have to have to happen. But it just looks really like a smooth dance between good and evil trying to battle it, battle it, excuse me, battle it out. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought a lot of the action and, and intense scenes were really well shot and really well done. Yeah, it was cool to watch. It, it was cool to watch. Um, though when we start talking about dislikes, I'll bring that up again. Sure. Uh, but what I, about I any more likes? There. Uh, I don't, those are my only likes. Okay. <laughs> Let me give you my first uh, did not like. The doctor scene. So my two dislikes I'm about to... They coexist. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about both of them because they they combine. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man loses his powers in this movie. He struggles with his ability to swing webs, to stick on walls. 
and he doesn't understand why they're just leaving him and so he tries to figure it out i took a picture of something to help me with this there it is um I just don't like that. I, I, I get that there's sometimes you want to give a crutch to make things a little bit harder. It's called fabricating conflict. <laughs> it just, yeah, it just forces a conflict. And I even looked it up like to find out when the last time he just like lost his powers for like no reason. And it, he, there are multiple times he's lost his powers due to something. But the only time I could really find was uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One in 1964 in the comics, where he just lost his powers for no reason. If you watch the, what, you mean like literally? Was it ever explained later on? I think just, he got it back somehow. Just I don't remember. Poo, it was gone. Um, but yeah, he just he just all of a sudden just kind of disappeared. Hippity hoppity, well, your like, powers are now my property. If you watch the 90s cartoon show, he starts to lose his powers because his powers are beginning to almost uh, evolve into something else. Um, multiple times there have been people who have taken his power away from him with powers magic. or magic or whatever. There have been multiple ways he's lost his powers, but it's just the way they did this and, and how they did it of just really him being in his own head, I guess, or him being too in love with Mary Jane that it's affecting him. I can't, because as soon as he got together with Mary Jane, once he, he was like about protecting Mary Jane, his powers were back like that and it was nothing. Yeah, and he was, he liked Mary Jane before. Like, yeah. It's not like his feelings are going to change or become more intense. I mean, he I'm pretty sure he's loved her ever since he was a boy anyway. Right, and he was just having like a... Literally mar- one of the first lines in the movie is like, that's Mary Jane. He's the girl I liked ever since I even knew I liked girls or yeah. whatever he said is weird. I just, I think, I think it was just weird how they took away his powers and never really explained. It was just a mental block. He lost just, his powers because he's a sad boy. And leading into that he <sighs> Toby Maguire is so bad at keeping his identity he goes Wait, to this Toby Maguire or Peter Parker oh Peter Parker Toby Maguire Toby, doesn't have Toby Maguire is Peter Parker as far as I know he uh, goes to this doctor on campus which by the way this doctor is wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt underneath his lab coat with jeans not even yeah, khakis and jeans just and he, jeans and he goes <sighs> to this doctor trying to figure out what's wrong with him and he goes, the doctor's like, well, no, you look all good. I mean, I don't think there's any problems. And and he goes, whatever you may be dealing with is just maybe stress or mentally. You're like, what's going on? And he, and he goes, well, I've been having some weird dreams lately. And he goes, oh, well, what are these dreams? And he goes, well, I keep dreaming that I'm Spider-Man and I'm losing my powers. And I try to swing and I can't swing. And I try to climb up walls and I can't climb up walls. And I just keep falling. And he goes okay, so you're having these weird dreams that you're Spider-Man. And he goes, oh, it's not even my dreams. It's my friend's dream. <sighs> and it's like, dude, this doctor clearly now knows you are Spider-Man. In the, in the 90s comic book when he was having, or not the 90s uh, TV show, cartoon show, when he was having issues, he went to a doctor to talk to about him. Guess what? He was still in his Spider-Man suit. That's what you should have done. Go to the doctor as Spider-Man saying, hey, dude, I'm losing my powers. It's not a dream. It's me. I'm wearing this costume. I can't figure it out. But I can't take off the costume because that would give it away. That would have made so much more sense. But no, they had to make Peter go. And Peter would be like... But maybe "Uh, Spider-Man doesn't have coverage. And that's why he can't go to the doctor. Because, I mean, everybody's losing coverage. I feel like a doctor would have been like, you're Spider-Man. Of course I'm going to help you. (laughs) But that, that 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 scene really bothered me. And then the doctor's like trying to give advice. And it's like the worst advice. Like he's just he just goes on this weird spiel, and I'm like, no doctor would do this. 
It's like he stopped being a doctor and he's like, his I'm not a doctor anymore. I'm just Jared from third period here. Yeah. Uh, just be yourself, dude. You got to know what you really want. Yeah. So uh, just be your best self and do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any medical advice for you per se. Cause I don't really have a medical degree. I'm just Jared and production told me to go in cause the extra didn't show up. Right. But, uh, you know, I hope everything turns out great for you, man. Yeah. And, uh, you're, you're Spider-Man, right? <laughs> and then Toby was like, no, no, <laughs> That's not. My friend. Your, I'm holding it for a friend. This costume. Um, so what are the, what are a couple things? Tell me your first two things you didn't like since I told two there. All right. So my first dislike, which I mentioned earlier, was that there's still no emphasis on oh, Peter's intended, yeah. like genius. Like he's supposed to be some sort of he's, genius. Yeah, he's supposed to be extremely smart. But at most, he seems like a dude who uh, reads the headlines of like science magazines and then brings them up in conversation to sound smart. That's <laughs> that's the biggest. Yeah. That's yeah. The, the the most thing I can tell about him being smart. Second thing. Uh, second thing would be, I'm trying to read my handwriting here. Nice. Uh, Doctor's handwriting there for you. Oh yeah, okay. Back at back at that scene with Doc Ock, like I said, I liked it, but there's one thing I didn't like for some reason. Oh, pissed so, me the so hell the scene, off. Specifically, the scene is he is trying to create this power source, and he is using the arms to kind of contain it, and all these people are watching to see how it goes, and then that's when things go wrong. And Wait. That's not what I'm talking about. Is that not the scene? No, I'm talking about when he's unconscious on the doctor table. Remember how I mentioned oh, that? Oh, so let me, let me change then. He's unconscious he on a doctor's table. I explain it. <laughs> and uh, they're trying to cut the arms off. Yeah, so what, what bothered me is like, this is kind of a small thing, but it really pissed me off at the time for some reason. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it bothered me enough that I wrote it down. But I don't know why, but every single time the arms would flail about and they would hit a doctor. Yeah. Retro sting horror style zoom into the face, yeah. and they have like that cheesy horror scream face on. It's like, ah! yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, every time they would do that with every single doctor, and I think there were like eight doctors or nine there doctors. Were, in there were a lot of doctors, and I'm like, come on, just stop it. We there's enough violence going on. You're gonna, and then one of the we doctors know people like, are scared. Is like using her claws to try to get keep herself from being dragged into the dark corner which you know it's, and she's like literally scratching into the hard surface yes. which is impossible it's she would tile. have lost her fingernails it's yeah it's how are you gonna do that yeah i don't know any any unless their floors are made room. out of clay why would they make it out of clay i don't know it's a that's, hospital that's the point that's what i'm saying i don't know that's a small thing I, yeah. arguably it's a small thing but it pissed me off <laughs> all right i don't know why well go um, and see your third thing too and i'll do my this third. is also something that i said i was gonna bring up earlier when you said that they had really cool action scenes i agree with you there yes but this you're wrong. Movie, no, no, no. You're right about yeah, the action yeah. scenes. But the whole movie, I got a, like a sense after watching it and thinking about it that it was really just a bunch of cool action scenes strung together with abysmal drama and dialogue. Like, yeah, it just a lot felt of the like drama, two different movies. Yeah, a lot of the drama felt kind of unnecessary throughout. And that kind of leads in, speaking of drama, leads into my third least favorite thing, which is Harry Osborne. I hated him. Um, so quick story with the first one. Peter brings Norman's dead body back to his house. Not sure why he did that. Uh, I guess he didn't want Norman's name to be thrown through the mud, which I don't know why, because he, he tried to kill your aunt. He tried to kill Mary Jane. Why would you want to protect him in his face? Like, of, of who he is? I don't know. Anyway, they don't really explain that. Anyway, so he brings his body. is somewhere in a spider outfit. Leaves the body in there. Harry comes in and goes, what did you do? You killed him, you monster. And that's the end of the first one. 
And then the second one, the entire time, every time he talks to Peter, he's like, how's that bug friend of yours? And he just keep constantly, he's like, that's all he cares about is this revenge on Spider-Man to where he gives uh, plutonium or whatever it is to Doc Ock to uh, fund what he wants to do. But he's like, but bring me his body so, or bring him alive so I can kill him. And he's just, he's just so vindictive the entire time. It's just like you can barely see the friendship between him and Peter because all he cares about is this one thing. And that's all you see. You don't see him as a happy friend anymore. Yeah, that that it, it just turned became around. very annoying. The the one eighty turn that went that like it didn't even show a gradual degradation of the friendship. There's no tension that developed. Yeah. Like if you had even at least had a couple of scenes where Harry was trying to be friends with him but said, like, nah, I can't deal with this anymore. I mean yeah. it might have been a little excusable. But it's just one eighty turn, hate you now. You suck. I'm going to kill you. You better tell me where Spider-Man is. Yeah. And, and then uh, at the end, he finds out Peter is Spider-Man. And he's just in so much shock that he lets him go. But he's still angry about it. Yeah. He's still but before I get into well, And what's funny is at the end of the scene, he starts getting really upset and drunk. And he throws a... Uh, he hears his father's voice and sees his father in the mirror. And he like, his father says something aggressive towards him. And he throws a glass at it and breaks it and shatters it. And it, there's a hallway behind this mirror. He goes down it and finds all the Green Goblin stuff in there. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And that's how they kind of end it. So it'd be like, hey, he's going to be Green Goblin next movie. Yeah, they're insinuating that he's going to take up the mantle. Right. Uh, Which I just didn't like. happens? I, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, one last thing I want to say about this movie, and then we'll move on to oh, the I have third one, one other thing. Okay, to I'll say. let you go yeah. first, and I'll say my last thing, and then we'll... No, I want mine to be the last thing. Because right, well, it's kind of like a wrap-up thing. Anyway. Okay, that's fine. I hate how everyone, like, talking about how Peter easily gets his identity given away. On the train, he takes his mask off because it's burning, I guess, and he needed to take it off. So when he's trying to stop the train, which has broken, uh, Doc Ock broke the brakes on it. He tries to use his webs in buildings and tries to slow the train down with his body. Well, he's not wearing a mask. Everyone can see him. He is able to stop it. He's about to fall from just the stress and the constipation look on his face as he's trying to stop it. And they all grab him and bring him back in the train. And one guy goes, he's just a kid. No, he's not. He, he's he, supposed he looks, to be just a kid. He looks like you. <laughs> and the fact that this, he wakes up and like everyone's like, we won't tell nobody. This train is full of people. You're telling me that nobody in this train is either A, going to recognize him, or B, say... I know who you are. You better give me some money so I don't say. Yeah. You that can't, entire like, there's train? At least, there's at least 20 people just that you can see in the scene. You're going to tell me that entire train is not going to say something. That is bull crap. And then a bunch of kids give him his mask back, and that's when Doc Ock grabs him and brings him back to um, Harry. But, yeah, I just I hate how easily his identity gets spoiled. And the funny thing is, is that the people who don't know, until well, Mary Jane finds out because Peter comes to rescue her, and she sees him doing it because he's no longer wearing a mask again. Mm-hmm. And, but before that, Mary Jane had no idea, and Aunt May had no idea. Still doesn't, from my can tell. And every no, everybody has no idea. Everybody else who doesn't mean anything to the story has no clue. Or no, excuse me. Everyone that has a, some something to do with the story has no clue. Everyone else, everyone else knows. All the random people in the city, they all know he's Peter. But they just don't say anything because they love him too much. Sure. So, yeah, that's my last thing about that one. Yeah, my last thing is kind of like 
remember we talked about it at the end of this movie um but it, it goes again with like peter's weird dialogue and like how the the drama is weird um a lot of those scenes i figured i came up with this sort of i don't know theory quote unquote uh i call it the stan lee replacement theory you, you might remember we talked about it okay um basically if a scene or character can be replaced with a stan lee cameo doing the same thing it is a bad scene this is specifically That's a fair point, yeah. this is specifically in regards to one scene I believe where he was talking to Mary Jane or something else and uh, gives him some stupid advice or had some stupid dialogue that would have been a really good opportunity oh. to have Stan Lee make a cameo and do the same thing which would have been a cool a cool oh, thing to do and um, I, don't, I know what, also so you, it wasn't Mary Jane but I know what you're talking about uh, yeah you know what I'm talking about oh was it the part where the friend was there. Where Mary Jane was yes. talking to the to yes. friend. Yeah, there's a random scene. Show up every yeah, there's again. a random scene where you never see this girl before or after who is like having this moment with Mary Jane about cause she's engaged now to uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's an astronaut. And she's like, Do you love him? And she goes, He's really good. And she's like, Going through this whole thing, it was like, If you love him, you love him. You don't say that. Like that whole thing. And she goes in like this whole deep romantic, like, you you gotta like you gotta tickle in your throat whenever you see him or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she just disappears, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. Stan Lee could have just been a random guy in the store or the shoe salesman, and that would have been an amazing cameo by him giving this young girl advice, and then that's it. And that gave me the idea. Like, there are a lot of scenes in this movie that a are lot. absolutely superfluous. All of them, really. There's a lot of scenes in yeah. a lot of these movies that could be that way. Yeah, and and, and that's just. Bad writing and bad storytelling, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, they do a lot of showing without telling. Like, yep. you know they're supposed to show, not tell, but the stuff they show doesn't tell us anything. Yeah. It's stupid. It's just there for the sake of, I don't know, getting the characters on screen in some case. Like, I really don't see any reason other than just to shoehorn or yeah. force something. A lot of this. It's oh, another forced. thing real quick. I, just, I forgot about this. So he confesses to Aunt May... Wait, no, was that in the third one? No, it was in the second one. He, doesn't he confess to Aunt May what he did with the with uh, the wrestling thing to Aunt May in the second movie? Yeah, it was. I think so. It was. Yeah. And he like tells her about what happens. Because the third oh, one is where he gets all edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that soon. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about how he's like, oh, you didn't go to the library that day. Because she was like, she was blaming herself. She was like, if I had told him to let you take the train, he would be still with us. And he's like, well, no, Aunt May, I went... I should have been at the library. I wasn't. I did this, this, and that. And then she goes, he puts his hand on her and be like, I'm so sorry. I've been wanting to tell you for so long. She pulls her hand out from under him and then leaves the table and goes upstairs and like slams the door almost or loudly closes it. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be comforting him and telling him it's not your fault. And be like, maybe even say, you could say the lines, like basically say, uh, I'm glad you told me this. I love you, but I need a few minutes to process this right now. And keep in mind, this is no less than than two years after this yeah, event. Yeah, two years later, according to the movie. Like in this movie, she said, oh, it's been two years since yeah. Ben was taken from us. Yeah. And I'm like, well, come on. You should have had some time to process this. You're a mature woman. Right. You need to help your nephew in his time of need as a small boy. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently smaller. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, this movie is better to me than the first one, so I give it a 7.5. I agree, too, but I gave it a 6.5 simply because the whole... I, I just could not excuse the dual nature of 
the cool that. action scenes, which I feel like were the were the main focus yep. of the the writing and and like the all the effort was put into the action scenes and everything else was just I guess trying to get the characters just like like literally cattle prodding every part of the story to make it fit these action sequences yeah. and that just I, I could not get over that also quick story too at the end of that uh mary jane decides not to get married to that one dude and comes back for peter saying i love you too much i'll it doesn't matter if your enemies will come after me also doc ock dies by the way yeah i forgot to mention that he's doc dead ock, boy. he sacrifices himself in the hero way to to destroy the machine he tried to build that would have destroyed half the city saves mary jane mary jane then comes and confesses her love for him and all ends happily and now we hit spider-man 3 oh yeah this is the worst of all of them we're just gonna start off with that my list of likes oh, here on, is literally on. one <laughs> nice i got i got three i couldn't come up with anything i like uh so basically the story is spider-man and mary jane are together they're very happy for the most part and then things take a weird turn um harry's story arc from the first two comes to light now and there's a random guy that really hates Peter Parker that gets in the way. That's this movie. Yep. There is not a lot of plot to it. Uh, you know, so, it. the first thing I liked, I actually liked the Sandman. So, there's three villains in this movie. Sandman, New Goblin, as they put it, and uh, uh, Venom. Um, Sandman was a lot of fun, actually. I like the actor Thomas Hayden Church. Or is it just Thomas Hayden? Tom- I don't know. Pretty sure it's Thomas. I think it might be Thomas Church, man. Hayden. Hayden. Thomas Hayden Church. Hayden Church. Oh, it's one word. He is. No, it's two words. Two words. He's got a two word last name. Um, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe Hayden's his middle name. Huh. Hayden could be. Some people Is it do hyphenated? That. No. Then it's just Thomas Hayden Church. So his name is middle Thomas Middle name Church. Hayden. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. name is Church. I like him a lot. He fits the look of Sandman. His storyline with Sandman in general wasn't bad. Near the end, it gets bad. We'll discuss that later. But he, Sandman just like, he he is trying to help his daughter. He's playing this hero that's trying to help his daughter. And you can really see that throughout this film. And oh, I shouldn't say hero. He's not a hero. He's a villain. But he's he is kind of like this, uh, the way they portray him in this movie, he's not a, he's like an anti He's a sympathetic villain. Yeah, yeah. Say. Okay, that's a better way of phrasing it. Yeah. He's not a hero. He's not really a villain, but he does villainous things for a reason, and that's to help his sick daughter. He's he, he's not a bad guy. That's what he says. And But I really like it. I think he did a great job with the character, the actor, all that. I think they did a great job. Um, I'll just go... Th- what we'll do is I'll go through my three favorites, and we'll hit your three favorites to make it go a little faster. One favorite. Your one favorite, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the CGI got a bit better in this one. And that's, certain that's things. the thing I had. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'll let you talk about it then. I'll okay. Because um, you know about CGI better than me anyway. Um, well, I guess what I would say is that I was impressed mainly because Venom specifically, the symbiote is kind of hard to make look nice. And yep. for the time, the symbiote looked pretty good. Like yeah. it, it looked fine. Um, CGI wise, Sandman looked pretty good. I really Overall, liked yeah. I really liked the first part where he was first realizing his powers and he 
came up and became sand and like the dissolving effect was cool and trying to force his body to become yeah a and he learned how he could move his again that, that scene i think you were right it did last a little bit yeah there's kind of almost like a weird like artsy scene that just took way too long yeah it took like. a little bit long it was really flourishy and and you know yeah but cgi wise overall it was yeah definitely see, better. it was nice it, it was cool it there was were cool still to some watch. moments that were a bit meh yeah but that's one thing but it's definitely an improvement is the most important thing it was an improvement a marked improvement and then technically this is a favorite thing but it doesn't really count because i've said this already in another movie but j jonah jameson was great <laughs> again of course his scene at the end where he's like he needs a cameraman for this whole battle scene that's happening and he's like trying to find peter and he just sees this little girl with a camera he goes how much for the camera she goes 50 bucks and he goes 50 bucks and she's like i can make it 100 he goes okay fine <laughs> and then takes it and tries to take photos and it's not working and she just goes film is extra and he goes he's just like mm, you rascal <laughs> you rascal <laughs> he's just so great he's so great in all the movies but he he really made this one for me too because it's not a good film um yeah that's too sad so okay i think you and i are gonna have a lot of similar things here um i have one two three four five wow. I have five things <laughs> we were supposed to limit it to three you i said know but i couldn't help three. it okay can i get out the one thing that's a, just a pet peeve that's not really a bad thing i'll delete it as i'm speaking it is it though it's the british reporter at the end so at the big battle scene between venom spider-man new goblin and, and sandman all of a sudden they do like a news report thing showing everything that's happening and there's this weird New York guy, I guess, talking. And then all of a sudden, he takes it down to his reporter, who's British. Why? And why are you doing weird commentary, like like news-style commentary for this big battle scene? There's no point in that. There's no need for it. That whole news aspect was so, so unnecessary weird. and weird. And then there's like a, bar, a part where you see Salmon smashing Peter. And he's like, pretty much like, be like, hey, a couple more of these and he's dead. And this reporter's like watching. She goes... I can't even imagine. And then like a punch hits and she closes her eyes in sadness. Ugh. What could be happening? And it's just like, stop. Well, let's, here's what happened. You see, this reporter is actually BBC sending a reporter oh. there. They <laughs> wanted, the, they wanted even though the, Spider-Man. even though the guy who's at the front at the desk or whatever yeah. is American. Yes. Ah, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. So she's coming over. Right, she's doing me... a stint here. <laughs> All right, let me give you a real one then, because I'll have four then. That was just a pet peeve. Okay, fine. A real one for me is the unnecessary love twist and turn again. So you finally have Peter and MJ in love, but then all of a sudden things are turning a weird, making a weird turn. So in this film, he gets affected by a symbiote that makes him more aggressive and more angry. However, before he even comes in contact with that... He gets all egotistical and all in his own head about being Spider-Man because everyone loves Spider-Man now. And he has, and he doesn't seem to get the struggles that Mary Jane is going through with her play and how things aren't going the way she wanted. So then uh, he just thinks about like him as Spider-Man the whole time. She gets kind of annoyed by that. Then they go to this parade thing for Spider-Man. He knows she is there because he talked to her and brought her there. Took a photo of he her. He invited her there. He invited her. He took her. photos of her there. And then he swings in as Spider-Man and then does the upside down kiss with Gwen Stacy, who he saved earlier in the film from a uh, a building gone wrong crash thing. <laughs> it sounds like the building was, yeah, like, it was like the, the a crane. A crane hit went it. haywire and it hit a building and Gwen Stacy and a few other people were going to fall and die and he saved them and... For whatever reason, this was the one thing he... Not the Doc Ock saving, not the Green Goblin saving. This was the moment. Saving the chief's daughter 
that was the moment he he deserved the key and the love of the city. And th- at anyway. the end of the second movie, he saved like not even just the city. He saved potentially the entire world and universe. Depending on depending how bad on how bad that if it turned into a singularity sure. or whatever. Anyway, so then he does the kiss. He deserves a key to the entire universe. He, he does the upside down kiss with Gwen Stacy in front of Mary Jane, and doesn't care from the scene, from the looks of it. And then, obviously, like, Harry decides to use love as a way to... And this is a whole complicated thing. It goes into my other thing about not liking Harry. But Harry decides to try to use MJ as a weird way to get back at Peter by forcing her to dump him. And then she seems to be okay with dumping him. It doesn't seem to be that much of a problem for her. Because later on when you see in the film, she seems content without him, I guess. Yeah. And it's she flippity floppity falls in love with Harry, and then flippity floppity falls back, you know, to Peter. back to Peter. Yeah, there's just no need for it. There's no need for this love story. You could have just had her at a distance. All of these things that you're talking about right now go into the last two things on my dislike Sweet. thing. So let go me ahead. get knocked through, knock through, the, eh, knock those things out. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So the first thing on my list is everyone is a douchebag for film. no reason. Yeah, Peter was a douchebag before he got attacked by the symbiote. Yeah. So let, let me let me. Let me break this down a little bit. I was on board with how much of a douchebag Peter was. With the symbiote. No, no, no. Not, oh. no oh. Before it. Because I'm thinking like, okay, fine. He's a, he's supposed to be a high schooler. He's suddenly famous. At this point, Everybody he's supposed to be in college, though. Yeah. A but freshman he's, in college. He's, he's a young man. 20 yeah, years young, old-ish. Youngish, yeah. I can understand the fame going to his head a little bit. Even though bit. he looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah. We're ignoring that. Okay. <laughs> Just because it's it's a belabored point uh-huh. by, by now. Yeah, it is. Um, but when, up until he did the whole Mary Jane kiss with Gwen Stacy, I'm like, come on, come on, dude. There's, there's, you had to, you, there's no excuse for that. There's yeah, no excuse no for excuse that. And that, this was way before the symbiote came in. I would have maybe accepted it if that happened after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did. But it didn't. But it didn't. He was just a douche. He and then just, after it, that, it, he goes, takes her out to dinner because he wants to propose to her. And he still is all up in his own head. Uh, she got dumped from her play. She's not very happy. And he was, he, uh, Gwen Stacy shows up and she's like eating dinner with her family, I guess. And she goes, hey, do you have pictures of Spider-Man kissing me? I'd love to get that. Yeah, put what that. the hell? Not only that, but like Peter is like, oh yeah, I can get to He doesn't even think about, oh, Mary Jane's here. She's not going to be happy about that. He doesn't even think about that. It's, how can you be so socially inept? And selfish, really. And selfish and terrible and bad and stupid and bad and stupid. And then when she gets up and leaves, he's like all shocked. He's all by surprised, it. like, oh, what did it do wrong? Yeah, it just. I yeah. didn't just kiss a random girl, bring her to the dinner where I'm trying to propose Who he to my. Tu- he also, he tutors girlfriend. her. He tutors her in, yeah. in, in their classes. He mentions that. He helped her with her, he helps her with her homework. She has no idea about Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane does. She has no idea who she is. So she, not only does she meet her for the first time as Spider-Man kissing her, but then she finds out, oh, wait a minute, Peter knows her really well and kissed her still. And also wants pictures of that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Casually asked for pictures. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's weird. Well, I mentioned a little bit, my last two kind of somewhat go together, but I'm going to talk about Oh, oh wait, let, oh, let me yeah, finish yeah. my last bit. I forgot. Yeah, go for it. Um, every single plot device feels forced yep. or out of place um, yep. For example, specifically close to the end, where it's revealed that Sandman killed uh, yeah. Ben's death, uh, Ben's uh, Uncle Ben accidentally. Yeah. Accidentally. So the whole thing was that apparently the guy from the first movie who was thought to have killed Spider-Man's uh, uncle really didn't do it. He was a part of a, a duo. Also, it's been years since that happened. Yeah. 
And they're just now. And the police uh, people are ha- have always thought that, excuse me, Sandman's character, whatever his character's name is, was the real person who killed Uncle Ben and that he escaped prison. They just found out about it in this movie. They're like, wait a minute, you've never told us this? Like, police officers do not keep that information. If they arrest somebody for that murder, they tell them, hey, we've arrested this person because we believe this is the person yeah, that committed the crime. And let us know if we're wrong about this, but as far as I know, police don't just leave out details of a case like that specifically because of like law reason testifying and all that legal stuff. But not that only that, but when they, they have, they have set the cases over with, it's done. You would think that they would say, we got the guy. You, you tell them that. And they didn't. They were like, we're just finding out that you thought this was other guy did it. So then Peter goes through this whole spiral of thinking that he's got to come after this guy now for killing him. And then, like you said, you find out near the end, he starts to confess everything. And he goes, I didn't mean for it to happen. And it was just that his buddy spooked him from behind, and he and he <laughs> it's just so stupid. his buddy goes, "Let's go!" It's so he, stupid. He's running down the street yelling, "Let's go!" <laughs> touches his shoulder, and he pulls the trigger and shoots Uncle Ben. It's so dumb. That's such a poor. You heard plot him point. coming. You heard him coming, and, and like, you oh, suddenly spook yeah, and a fire also, gun. If, you, if you're that easily spooked, maybe you shouldn't have a gun. Oh uh, yeah, or, um, or 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 if you didn't plan to shoot anybody, maybe have the safety on so you don't accidentally do stuff like that. That too, like because he doesn't know the safety's on. Ben's not a gun expert. Ben's not been maybe, in the military, yeah. as far as I know. No, Ben's not a SEAL Navy Team Six. Yeah, yeah. Ben, he's not a Call of Duty. Yeah, you don't know. He's he would have been fine if he just had the <laughs> he safety been fine. on. <laughs> Uh, so there, yeah, that was a poor plot point. A lot I hated of, that. Har- I hated that. And then it goes into my other one, which is Harry's plot point really upset me. So, all right, here's my whole thing. Here we go. This is my big one. Harry's arc now comes to a head where he, he inserts himself that serum that his dad had into him. Not only does the serum not affect him in the same way, it doesn't make him crazy, doesn't make him... Um, a super aggressive all of a sudden. It just gives him super strength and like better agility and stuff. That's all it did because he comes up like in the first one, his dad like literally jumps out of the glass and he's like, ah, I'm a like, good goblin now. Yeah. And then, and then Harry just walks out of it and he goes, he's like, that got that beat, that bad A walk. Uh, it just takes a deep breath and that's it. And, and, and like, if they explain this somehow, like saying like, oh, I was stronger than my dad or maybe like, he even genetically say, like, changed yeah, it. Maybe he changed yeah. it. Maybe, maybe he perfected the formula, uh-huh. but no, he just walks out. He's fine. Yeah. His dad almost died. This his also, heart stopped. Yeah, that's true. His dad's heart stopped when he first took the serum and yeah. everything on his own. That's right. And then his dad, his, his what? His, his buddy helped guy, him come back. Yeah, had to yeah. freaking jumpstart his heart. Yep. Well, Kickstart my heart. Sorry. The other thing that really bothered me was they show the Green Goblin mask in the, in the lair. Then they show a silverish, silver slash goldish helmet, same kind. It looked gold to me, or like it was a bit more gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they have a a a skiing mask. (laughs) (laughs) Then they show the old glider, and then they show a snowboard. I hate the new goblin. I hate it because even though Harry never becomes in the comics, he never becomes the hobgoblin. He does become the, the green goblin. And you could have made him the Hobgoblin just for a different thing. My, I think I know how this movie could work better. And we'll discuss the parts of it I'm going to mention later. But you take Venom out of this movie completely. No symbiote, nothing. Yeah, okay? that was dumb. You take out the love interest issue because there's no point in that. Maybe you have Harry trying to mess with him mentally by, by trying to attract Mary Jane. 
but I wouldn't go as far as like to, like that whole thing. Like blackmailing her. Right. So what I would do is I would have Harry take the serum. This is what you've been planning for for all three movies. And you make him either A, the Hobgoblin, which will throw Peter off. And all of a sudden he's like, whoa, this is like the Green Goblin, but someone different. What is going on here? Or even better, you make him wear the Green Goblin suit and you have a, a voice changer to make it sound like you're Norman. So, because Norman came back, yeah. the, William Defoe came back for all three movies to do the little like visionary stuff. None of that was old dialogue. He came back for two and three to do the hallucination stuff. So if he was willing to do that, hey, guess what? Make him voice some of the, the character. So then like, then you're really throwing Peter for the loop. He's constantly trying to figure out, I was like, wait a minute, I know Norman died. How is I'm pretty he still... sure I saw this guy get stabbed. Right. How <laughs> is this happening? How is he... I recognize that voice. That would that really voice. freak him out, for sure. Exactly. That would make him paranoid. Peter's just like that. that Peter's him... like a soft guy, you know? It would make him paranoid and make him think like he's going crazy. And that whole time, maybe that's what drives him and Mary Jane apart, is that his persistent, like just uncertainty of what's going on. And then his obsession with it. Put, starts like, pushing her yeah. away. That would make more sense. That would be cool. Yeah, I think that would be nice. And not only that. And it's then, not fabricated. Then you have the Sandman who is maybe hired. Maybe that whole thing with helping his child thing is real. But then then Harry can come to him and go, hey, Spider-Man's trying to stop you from being able to do what you want to do to help your daughter. Work with me. I'm rich. I will give you the money you need if you help me kill the spider. And That's then Sandman all. could be all like, oh, and I then, don't know if I'm going to kill, but then, I need my daughter to be And then healthy. take out the whole Ben thing, because that was pointless. Yeah, that was stupid. That was dumb. I hated that. I hate that. So that's I what I would have done with Harry. And then I really hated that. Right, so the whole, another part of Harry that I hated was his butler apparently cleaned up the wounds of his father. His, his butler knew about the base and the glider. And then at the very end when Peter and throughout the whole emo phase, Peter and Harry have a fight. We haven't even talked about the I know, emo we'll, phase. We'll get to we that. We haven't even talked about it. it there's so much. There's so much. So much to talk well, about. Well, then um, literally uh, uh, his butler's like, I saw the wounds. I healed. I cleaned them up. He was killed by his own glider. And so he has an intimate knowledge of this he glider. He has intimate knowledge of this whole time. Which is supposed to be secret. Right. So the whole thing that bothers me is that this butler knew the entire time that he, his father killed himself and had no intention of telling Harry until it became convenient for the plot, for the plot of the story. Ugh. This butler knew everything. Everything. Let me reiterate. Every plot device feels forced or out of place. Ugh. And then all of a sudden Harry decides to be helpful. Also, he had a weird moment where he had amnesia because he took a really bad knock on the head. <laughs> Which I guess... Uh, actually is fine. fine. It's, it's just fine. For the for the sake of the plot, it really didn't do that much. But then much. you could do the whole amnesia thing and him still having the hallucinations. But they didn't. Where like the other side of him breaks through during the memory loss. Literally all it did was... There's like, so much they could All done. it did was make Harry like, I don't know, get attracted to Mary Jane a little bit more because it's, he's still in that pre... Yeah, Spider-Man. I don't know. Knowing place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I got a thing for Mary Jane. Which we then leads, and then that's it. My whole thing then also leads into my whole new way to fix Spider-Man Three. That's how you fix Spider-Man Three, by the way. You make him Green Goblin and confuse the heck out of Peter and all that stuff. And that leads into my next point. Venom was unnecessary. I think so as well. And we I talked about this was that the, from my understanding, the producers forced Sam Raimi to put Venom in there because they knew it would be good for marketing. That's what they wanted. They wanted more money and more sales and all that. So they forced Venom into the story before. He he didn't want that. I think he wanted Sandman and, and Harry, 
Now, I don't know if he was going to do it the same way he did do it, mm-hmm. which I really hope he wasn't going yeah. to. But if that's the case, then it would have been even worse. It was, still would have been bad. But they made it really bad with Venom because Eddie, you, you could have kept Eddie Brock and just made him a an issue for Peter. Maybe like the whole time, like while he's trying to figure out who this Green Goblin is in my version, you have Eddie Brock bothering Peter's side of things. Like, Brock, I do not have time for this. I'm trying to figure out who this other Green Goblin is. You're making my job harder right now. Yeah, it really would have been cool to have this like sort of investigative reporter. Yeah. If we're if we're talking about the same thing here, like trying to paint Spider-Man, basically sure. trying to be J. Even Jonah's that. little minion on the ground. You could you still know? do that, and then you could lead that up to what becomes Venom in the next movie, mm-hmm. if you wanted to. He deserves his own movie, the way that he got with Tom Hardy's version. Yeah, but you can still do him with Spider-Man. You just got to do it right, and they yep. just didn't do and it they right. they didn't. They did not. So Venom was very they unnecessary. They squandered it. And now, do you have any more before we get to emo, Peter? Um, no, it's kind of one small thing, but it's really sure. not. We kind of already talked about it, just the producer versus writer conflict, but that's like more of a that's, story. For yeah. That's time. to me, that's just a very, that's very yeah. problematic. You don't want to box creative people. And sometimes producers can do that. Yeah. And that's boxing creators. Yeah. Boxing creators can make things really, really stale or really bland. Let people who are creative minded, just let them create. Cause they can, they can do some, if it's bad, it's bad. But at least you know you weren't the reason for it. Yeah, and I understand, like, you know, you have to make money, but... It's Spider-Man. It's going to make money. It's going to make money if it's as... It has something to base itself off of. Because a lot of people... It has origin material. A lot of people love the second one, and people probably were like, dude, this third one's going to be great when it comes out. (laughs) Poor guys. Yeah, I know. So let's talk about emo Peter. So Peter was already annoying and a bit of a jerk for the beginning part of the movie. Then all of a sudden, the symbiote attaches to him. Now, I should say the symbiote crash-landed, hooked onto his little moped, and followed him home and waited for the right moment for him to be having an internal struggle on the bed, waiting to find out when Sandman was going to arrive so he could go kill him. And this little symbiote attaches it to him, and all of a sudden, he wakes up. I will say this does happen in the 90s cartoon show. When it attaches to him, he does wake up, and all of a sudden, he's the black Spider-Man, like the black-suited Spider-Man. Um, I don't like the suit because it's just the same suit but black with even with all the lines. That's dumb. That makes no sense. They should have made it more symbiote. That was that was a big thing about this too that we didn't mention. Yeah, well, the we, suit we should w- mention it in conjunction with emo people. So the symbiote suit did one of two things. It was either in a symbiote where it was living, or it was just a suit he would wear underneath his outfit, which, which can separate into the helmet, the mask, yeah, a mask, and yeah. the suit, which makes no sense. It makes How no sense. Because then when he has to take that? the symbiote off, it fights to keep it on him. And he has to literally rip it apart. But he's totally okay with it's totally okay yeah, with taking okay. the mask the hood off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about your identity. So anyway, emo Peter. So once he gets the symbiote on him, what happens to him? Well, one, his hair. I I swear his hair looks like it gets darker. It looks like his hair is like like a chestnut brown. I guess it's pretty dark brown. But it looks like he dipped his head in like ballpoint. And ink. then his hair all of a sudden makes a emo point, like a slant over one eye, like straight out of Hot Topic. And not only that, but then he gets really aggressive and weirdly like erotic, I guess, because then he's like walking down the street with all these all this fake confidence, like finger gunning all these people, looking at girls as if they want him, but they clearly don't. <laughs> I think it's funny how weird like the looks they give back to him. like so real. And he does like, like a bunch of weird, anything... a bunch of weird dances and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, nobody does that. And then he in the street, mind you, in the street of New York. And then he uh, then he has like a battle scene with Harry where he. 
is like just dissing him and talking about how much better he is with MJ than Harry was. Which totally doesn't come off well. And then he throws a bomb at uh, at Harry, which is not a Spider-Man thing. Like you could potentially have killed well, your the, friend. The, 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 I guess the thing that makes it even worse is that like Harry throws it at him, but he's like the dismissive way that he like, you know, snaps the web at it and just like flings it back, it back with yeah. like such force. Like it's just so out of. What, character then what else did he do then but, uh, you can explain that i guess by the symbiote but it's just it's still weird he still, didn't even fight yeah. it he didn't even fight what it else? oh then he took gwen stacy to the the club that uh mary jane was working at oh, no. and this club. is the best scene the jazz scene <laughs> so then he like goes up to the piano and goes starts like doing a little ditty and like throws mary jane off because somehow she didn't see him he can get... play the piano now by yeah, the he way play... <laughs> yeah, he can play the the symbiote is, is very talented he plays this little ditty and then all of a sudden he goes check this out and then he jump, jumps on the floor. He like uses a chair and slides across the floor very far on this chair, like M- Captain Morgan style. Then he does his. He whispers, uh, "Check these moves." No, no, no. He's like, "Now dig these moves." Yeah, that's what it is. Dig I these hated moves. that. And then he like but does this weird it. hip was, thrust, <laughs> and he so like stupid. snaps his fingers while he's thrusting. It's not even that impressive. And he does his weird moves and this and every and he does like this thing where he takes his jacket off and like wind hits Gwen Stacy's hair. Yeah, and she's like blown away. I mean, it's every, just symbiote strength, right? Yeah, it's just he, the jacket would. And rip. then everybody in this club. It's like loving his they moves. They are entranced. They are. These are the worst moves I've ever seen. Worse than my own. And everyone's like, dude, this guy's got some moves. I like this. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know we'd be getting dinner and a show. You literally Whoa. stood up at one point during the uh, emo. Uh, what is it? He had like an emo. Oh, man. You know, like uh, montage. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, that yeah, took yeah. me a long time to think of that word. <laughs> he had like an emo montage. At one point you stood up. And you're like, I'm leaving. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> It's so... It's uncomfortable. It's, but it's, it was hard to watch. It's really funny how uncomfortable it is, though. Uh-oh. Something fell. Don't worry about it. We, You guys didn't hear that. Uh, I'm sure they did. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, that it was. it's a bad movie, man. And so because of it being a bad movie, uh, I gave it a... What did I give it? A four out of ten. I gave it a three. All mine I gave was, it a three. I, it's funny because I, I think I gave it that extra point because of how funny it was to watch you react to it. Well, I'm glad I was able to make this movie a little Thank bit you. better for you, but um, I guess I was going to give it a f- uh, like a four, but then I got subtracted, really upset. <laughs> I subtracted a point for something, and then I added a point because of um, something else, something else, yeah. and then I added another point, and then I just subtracted everything for emo Spider-Man's hip thrust. <laughs> like, holy crap! Oh, Who man. thought that well, was I'm glad, okay? I'm glad you and I can agree on one thing. In order from the Sam Raimi movies, Spider-Man 3 is the worst. Definitely. The first Spider-Man movie is the second uh, middle ground. And then the best one of the three is Spider-Man 2. The, I would I would have to say that it's it's best only because the action movie the action but if sequences you, were so in good. In order of what you would prefer to watch. That's yeah, what it definitely. Would be. Um, yeah, I'll we'll accept that. It's just... The Spider-Man 2 had such a problem yeah. with the, the rest of the movie. Is yeah, I know. Just garbage. Oh, I know. It's just garbage. Well, anyway, those are our basic uh, kind of overview of the Sam Raimi movies. This has been a long episode. We we kind of did. We knew it was going to be long. We've also been gone for so long that yeah. we're kind of okay with doing a longer episode. And we hope you're usual. okay with it too. Um, um, hopefully, you're, yeah, you got through all this. Yeah, we entertain. <laughs> to send off before as a final thought, I wanted to tell you a story that happened to me on the Friday in between our little. Um, Just to cap this fun day. Yeah, off. to cap it all off. <laughs> so um, Friday, my buddy Matt and I. Hey, Matt, if you're listening. 
Hey, we went, shout out. We went to this place called Casual Pint. There's this female that works at the bar that he likes. Say woman. I could say woman. It's You're so right. weird to say female. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> this, it's female uh, this female species I really like. <laughs> yeah, there's this woman there that he likes. And he was like, hey, man, uh, I'm thinking about maybe I might give her my number. Uh, would you be willing to come down as kind of a wingman? I'm like, yeah, buddy, of course. So I meet him down there. And uh, this is around like nine. And uh, the first thing that goes off well for him is that she liked his shirt, which was a Soundgarden shirt. Um, and they started talking about music and a few things. And we, we were kind of off and on talking with her because obviously she had to keep working. And I uh, made it very clear. I was like, I, you know, I mentioned how when we talked about music at one point, I'm like, yeah, I went with my fiance to, um, to one concert or whatever. And so I was going ahead and letting her know I was off the table. And uh, then uh, what was funny was we started getting a bit tipsy. Me in particular because I hadn't eaten anything. Ha. And so like two beers started to get me a bit tipsy. Wow. So we started talking about weird hobbies. And I was like, oh, well, you know, Katie and I like to do uh, Legos. And he goes, yeah, well, that's not really weird, though. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it'd be an interesting TV show. So then Would it? I came up with an idea. A Lego travel channel show. Wait, how? Uh, well, I the basic idea is that you would go. And so this is me tipsy at this point. Not not drunk, but tipsy. And I'm like, listen, I think this would be really good. I'll be, I'll be the Anthony Bourdain of Legos. And I'll just go around the world looking at different Lego sets, different Lego builds people have done. And it'll be really fun. So he was like, dude, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I asked the bartender, I'm like, hey, would you watch this show if it was, and I explained it to her. She goes, well, I don't really watch TV, but I could see people watching that. And I, you know, she was like, if you want to do that kind of thing, you should just go for it. Just get a hold of them and tell them you want to do it. And I, I think she was just kind of joking. I don't think she meant it seriously. But she didn't realize she was talking to a man of action. <laughs> <laughs> she... She didn't realize that she was speaking to What have you done? (laughs) She didn't realize that she was speaking to a man who makes decisions on the whim. When they're very drunk. When they're a little bit tipsy. Nope, nope, nope. You had to have been absolutely wasted to come up with this idea. I was not wasted. And what about a show that's got Legos and you go see them like Anthony Bourdain? I went to Lego.com and I I went to support and I scrolled all the way down. To the very bottom, where it says, uh, where it gives you ideas like, how can we help you? Like, is are you missing bricks? Uh, or do you need help with something? Are you safe? <laughs> are you safe? <laughs> Wait, is that is that seriously on there? Uh, no, it's just how to keep your data that safe would be on the website. I saw that. How to keep your dad safe? Data. Oh, Sorry. okay. So I go to contact us. I'm just going through the, exactly what I did in case anyone knows. Are you secret? Are you safe? Are you safe? Are you safe? <laughs> I can't click on it. Well, anyway, there was a thing that was at the very bottom that literally just said, here are all the things we can help you with. And then the bottom was like, other things. <laughs> Message us here for other things. So I messaged them for other things. And let's just say, I wrote a beautiful email. They gave me up to 2,000. Oh, here it is. Email us. Yeah, there we go. Um, I was about to send another email, apparently. It's uh, just it, a follow-up. 2,000 yeah. character limit. I used 1,000. Wow. Um, and then I sent this email. And I read it to Matt first. He said, do it. Then I gave it to the waitress or the bartender. And she goes, she her jaw dropped. And she goes, I can't believe you did this. She's like, you should let me proofread this before you sent it. <laughs> uh, 
so this is what I wrote word for word. I made a copy of it and, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Lego. First of all, it was funny. I told that to Katie. And she, Mr. Lego. Yeah, she, well, I can <laughs> see the inspiration for this. Yeah, yeah. The inspiration was Auntie Donna for sure. <laughs> uh, I told that to Katie and she go, She started laughing. She said, you should have put Dear Mr. or Mrs. Lego. <laughs> like, dang it. I know. Anyway, Dear Mr. Lego, my name is Marcus. I've been a big fan of your product for years. From the early years when as a child, a young child, sorry. From the early years when as a young child. I'd as leave, opposed to an old child. Right. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> Let me start over. From the early years when as a young child, I'd leave Legos on the floor for my parents to step on, to now, a young adult of 25, building the beauty that are Lego, building for the beauty that are Legos. I write to you now in hopes of providing an idea for marketing your great and buildable product. <laughs> great and buildable. <laughs> now, before I share my idea, I would like to say I hope you will respect me and my team and not steal the idea <laughs> and leave us out in the cold of this Lego house we could build together. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. We want to do a travel channel TV show all about Legos. We hope to be the Andrew Zimmern of Legos. I chose to do Andrew, Andrew Zimmern. Zimmern. Instead, you're going for, well, that. You're going for a different vibe. Yeah. Well, I meant because Anthony Bourdain had passed away like maybe a year ago. I yeah. felt like it could have been poor taste. But like, if you're doing an Andrew Zimmern thing, like you could be like super bizarre builds, like an, like sure, an upside yeah, down house. There's all kinds of know, options. Or a house that's made of bricks. I'm, I'm not done. Legos. I'm not done. I'm giving you ideas. We I'm hope, giving you free ideas. I should be charging you by the hour for this. We hope to be the Andrew Zimmern. Consultation. Of, excuse me. Shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just me, trying to help. You were like, hey, man, this 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 podcast is going to get long. And I'm like, okay, we'll just end up my story. And you're making it longer. I'm sorry, okay? I all just right. felt like I should be a part of this. We hope to be the Andrews... And any other royalties you may How incur. How dare you? <laughs> we hope to be the Andrew Zimmern of Legos. We would travel to different locations to see new and exciting Legos, Lego builds by different people all over the world. I want to thank you personally for reading this email, and I hope you know I write all of this to you in the most serious of ways. Please email me back soon as possible so we can get started on our travel plans. And my favorite... We'll definitely need your financial help. <laughs> Thanks again, Marcus. Oh, man. So I sent that. I received an email later saying, thanks for getting in touch with us. The com this computer generated emails just to confirm that we received your message. Mm. One of our advisors will get in touch with you personally in the next few days. Kind regards, Lego customer service. So someone will be reading my email. Someone will be getting back to me. I bet you got really excited when you saw that email. The uh, first time. No, because it did, it, it did tell me that they were going to send a confirmation email. I right? always love getting those emails from like business name and then no reply. You know yeah. that you can. I was really, I was just happy that. to get a confirmation. So hopefully, in the next couple of business days, I'll find out if they're a big fan of my idea or not. So, so just you know, to keep a list here. Yep. We've propositioned Jake Gyllenhaal. Still haven't heard back from. We're propositioning Lego. Lego. What's oh, our next way, gambit? By the way, I, was, <laughs> I thought about the other day that I should message Jake and be like, hey. I love we're on a first name basis. <laughs> yeah, now. I know. I should message him again and say, hey, Jake, uh, didn't hear from you. I <laughs> uh, really enjoyed your movie. Um, I did buy those tickets, though. So is there a way for you to reimburse me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm I, sure I it wouldn't be that. a big deal for you, but I mean, uh, I kind of sprung for the IMAX. You know, just, I got that. <laughs> got those nice seats. Yeah, I won't do that. I'll, I'll probably say something along the lines of, hey, Jake, uh, didn't hear from you. 
really enjoyed your movie, but I really missed you in that empty seat next to me. <laughs> like, something like that. <laughs> but I knew you were there in spirit. And then I'll say, watch Donnie Darko again recently. Great movie. I, I miss you. I miss you. So, um, one last thing before we go. Uh, this is like you, the third last thing. <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, go see it. It's really good. There's two end credit scenes you must see. I'm telling you, it's, it's honestly... It might be my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yes. Also, Jake so Gyllenhaal good. is great in it. Jake, not even just for the meme. Yes. He is, he is amazing. Please He's love a, us now. Yeah, please. <laughs> we, we respect your work. That means you must love us. Yes. Boy, this is a long episode. Man, but I, I had a lot of fun. I, I hope you guys I, did, I enjoyed too. all of it, too. We'll have a much shorter and a more fun podcast, hopefully, next week. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you can check Bye. us out on... Well, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Hold on. <laughs> just hold your horses. Sorry, guys. I need I to tell people ex- where yeah, to yeah, not sorry. contact us ever because we never get anything. I got too excited to, <laughs> to leave. Remember to check us out on firstlypodbean.com where you can get all the updates first because we upload it there first. You can check us out uh, on... You can Twitter. get us to it via Twitter, uh, via email, and Instagram. And email. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of, what you don't want to see us. more of. And more importantly, just talk to us. Please, please. We would love to hear We're from so you lonely. We're tired of talking to each other. Yes, please. I'm sick of him. Bless you, Tots. Bless you, Tots. <laughs>